There's a new potential side effect from COVID-19 that might finally get people to start wearing masks. Cardi B asked Twitter if she should buy a very expensive bag. It did not end well. And actor Andrew Reynolds is here to discuss Netflix's new musical, The Prom. The date, December 7th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hello, friends. I'm Zach Stafford. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. Casey, I have thought about you much more this weekend than usual, which, you know, <laughs> I usually spend my weekends sometimes thinking, what is Casey doing? What is she consuming good, in this pandemic? Good, and good. this weekend was very, very sharp for me because I am so excited to talk to you about this show I know you haven't seen. It's called <gasps> Veneno. Oh it's on <laughs> HBO Max. It's incredible. It is like just the queerest, most Ooh. wonderful thing ever. And I think it's going to win every award and <gasps> everyone should watch it. Oh my God, I want to watch it. I have to say I'm so bad with HBO Max because I didn't get my parents' password until a couple <laughs> months ago. So I've, I've been like getting HBO Max here and there, but now I can finally watch everything on there. <laughs> so wait, please tell me about the show because I've not heard about it. Okay, so Veneno, I think, is about to blow up this week. They have six episodes out. The last two are coming out this week. It is a story about a trans woman. Um, her name's Christina Veneno. Um, and she's kind of this mythical creature, but it does a few things that I will not spoil anything, but it's pretty much the synopsis, I would say, is a young person who's a journalist in high school, college, you don't really know, is obsessed with this person called um, Christina Veneno, who was famous for a little bit in the 90s, early 2000s. And she meets her, because she's a big fan, and begins to write her book. So the the, the show is about this trans woman who's a famous performer and her coming of age story parallel track with this journalist who's also a part of our community do, uh, figuring out who they are through the telling of this story, too. That sounds incredibly queer and great, but also like a present day version of Almost Famous. 100%. That's where it like, brings you back to that. Like, it's very Almost I like Famous that, though. But you know what? Yes. Almost Famous was incredibly white. So let's go with this and one. And this is all Latinx. There are, mm. you know, white passing Latino folks mm-hmm. in it and Latina mm-hmm. folks in it. But it's with something it does really well, and this ruins nothing for anyone listening, is that it's super, super intergenerational. I've never seen that many different aged um, trans folk all on screen at the same time sustained through a whole season so far. So the whole, and it's like mostly 95% trans people the whole time. And the acting is just uh, superb, which sometimes, you know, a lot of queer stuff isn't very good. The acting never stands up. So this one, it's working. So I definitely, please, please watch it so we can spend. Okay. I will. It's officially on my list. Okay, Zach, it is time for today's top stories. What do you have for us? So COVID continues to ravage the United States, and California started their second official lockdown as hospital ICU beds continue to fill up. The state has closed outdoor dining at restaurants, and Governor Gavin Newsom has said he'd take a lighter touch when enforcing some of the new rules. But those thinking shutdowns are the worst thing that could happen, it turns out there's a side effect from COVID-19 that might finally get some people to wear masks, according to Dina Grayson talking to NBC Philadelphia. Even if you have a mild infection, we now know that people could have long-term health effects from this virus, neurologic complications. And now for men who are watching this, there is some um, real concern here that men could have long-term issues of erectile dysfunction from this virus because we know that it causes issues in the vasculature. So this is something that is of real concern. So there's that. Meanwhile, this weekend, Trump visited Georgia to help give a boost to the Republican candidates for the Senate, David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler. But instead of actually helping them, Trump had this little tidbit for Representative Doug Collins. Doug, you want to run for governor in two years, buddy? 
be a good-looking governor. That is Donald Trump asking Doug Collins if he will challenge Brian Kemp for the governorship. Remember, Kemp has said he wouldn't overturn Georgia's electoral results in favor of Joe Biden for Trump, and other leaders in Georgia have joined with Kemp. Georgia's registration deadline for voting in the upcoming runoff elections is today, so get those registrations in. I'm sorry. The fact that Trump is like on stage on national television be like, hey, Doug, you want to run for governor? Like, this isn't like, do you want to go play golf? This is not that simple. He is just wild. Wild. It's wild. And also, I don't know, maybe this is just ever since the election, but I haven't heard from him in a while. Him being Trump. (laughs) Yeah. So fun fact, Trump has not left the White House until this rally since the election. Uh, So he has now returned back to the White House. And there are reports that he's going to Florida next week to West Palm Beach, specifically one of his favorite places. Um, So, yeah, Trump hasn't been really out in public. And this was the first time. And he'll go back into hiding. We expect this week. And hiding is the key (laughs) term here. (laughs) All right, Casey, what happened this weekend when it came to pop culture and entertainment? Well, uh, SNL was back this week with host Jason Bateman and musical guest Morgan Wallen. Um, You might know that name. He's the country star who got kicked off the show at the last minute after getting caught drunkenly partying and making out with strangers, you know, in the middle of the pandemic when he was supposed to be isolating. All of that aside, the SNL musical performance everyone is talking about actually has nothing to do with him. As usual, it's about Pete Davidson. He pulled off a spot-on cover of Eminem's iconic stalking anthem, Stan. But this one came with a twist. Davidson portrayed Stu, a man obsessively writing letters to Santa. Dear Mr. Holly Jolly Two-Faced Son of a Bitch, I hope you crash your sleigh and wind up face down in a ditch. I guess even the great Saint Nick can't track down a PS5. Hey Santa, I drank the fifth of eggnog, dare me to drive? You ruined Christmas, I wish I never told you what was on my wish list. Screw you, you elves, you stupid beard, and you bitch tits. So this will be my last letter. I know you miss me when I'm gone. Sincerely yours, Stu. Ladies and gentlemen, Sir Elton John. <laughs> the performance was rounded out with Bo and Yang portraying Elton John. It was extremely accurate and wonderful. Kate McKinnon taking on a Dido-like role. And it even featured a cameo from Eminem himself, who, by the way, did get the PS5 that Stu wanted. <laughs> Uh, We love that for Eminem. (laughs) Everyone's a PS5. Everyone. It was really good to see like Pete Davidson in like a fun role that was probably like written for him and meant for him. Because I feel like a lot of the time he's just put on weekend update to kind of make fun of himself. So it's nice to see them like put him in something like that. And it was very good. He played Eminem incredibly well. (laughs) I can see this. There's the same type of white guy. So I think it should be very easy for them. It's not too far of a stretch. Um, I love that. I love that. I love it. And also, I love that Bowen Yang and Kate McKinnon oh. continue to shine on SNL, our queer icons. There. Listen, every time I know that Bowen Yang is just on set going, give me the music roles. I want to sing. And they keep giving them to him, and he's great at it. So he's I support wonderful, it. Wonderful. He has the range. He has the range. And if you're interested in more Bowen Yang, listen to his podcast, Las Culturistas. Oh, please, please do. It's very good. <laughs> okay. So moving on, it was a rough weekend for Cardi B on Twitter. The rapper got dragged by fans after asking whether or not she should spend $88,000 on a purse. As you can imagine, the response was a resounding, no, Cardi, you should not. There were a lot of people calling her out, comparing her behavior to that of the Kardashians and their lavish pandemic parties. User Brown and Bella tweeted, Cardi, please stop, sis, I beg of you. We're in a pandemic with high unemployment and people in food lines, instructing her to, quote, log off and stop being goofy. 
But Cardi did not take the criticism lying down. She proceeded to tweet out articles praising her for donating a million dollars to her fans' cash apps in the fall and for donating 20,000 meals to New York first responders. She also issued a challenge to her fans, writing, quote, Since you want to tell me to donate so much, drop receipts on what you have donated to. I will match it and donate to an organization you have donated to as well. Let's start now. As the backlash continued, Cardi eventually issued a kind of sort of apology, tweeting out, okay, guys, I apologize. There, you happy? I don't see you asking Trump for an apology when he out here missing COVID meetings to play golf. Uh, Cardi, Cardi. There's just a general rule I have with celebrities is that you don't have to tweet everything. Like, you don't have to say anything. Right, exactly. The end of it is like, Cardi, buy the $88,000 purse. It's your money. You can do it. You're very rich. She is correct. She donates a lot of money and it's really great. But as you said, you don't need to post about it during a pandemic. It's not for us. Like right. this should, that person shouldn't be for us and it shouldn't be a flex on us. And we, you know, we love that you give so much money to charities. You're engaged in politics. She did one of the best interviews with Biden in the entire cycle. So she contributes. So she should also celebrate herself and she can do that privately. I don't need to know. But the bag is cute. It's a very cute bag. I would have spent $88,000 on it, but it's a cute bag. (laughs) All right. When we come back, we've got Andrew Randall. Stay right there. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. What's up, what's up? This is Robin Dixon, co-host of Reasonably Shady which has just been nominated for an NAACP Image Award in the Outstanding Arts and Entertainment Podcast category. This is so big for Giselle and I. And of course, we must thank all of our fantastic listeners. But we need your help. Visit vote.naacpimageawards.net to vote for Reasonably Shady. That's vote.naacpimageawards.net. But don't wait. Voting closes on February 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And make sure to listen to Reasonably Shady every single Monday on the Black Effect Podcast Network. The NFL is back and the NFL app has you covered. So get ready for football all season long and just tap into the NFL app. NFL, baby, let's make it happen. Just tap in to watch your local and primetime games all season. Now through Super Bowl 56. For the end zone, touchdown! Get up-to-the-minute news, videos, highlights, stats, and more on all your favorite teams and rookies to watch. Welcome to the NFL! Download to your mobile device today at nfl.com slash mobile or in your app store. Certain restrictions and data rates may apply. Welcome back. We know Andrew Reynolds from so many TV shows, films, and of course, Broadway. And his new Netflix musical adaptation of The Prom, he plays a Broadway star who heads to a small town to make one teen's dreams come true after she's banned from bringing her girlfriend to prom. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Of course. So first off, this cast is amazing. It's you, Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman, Kerry Washington, James Corden, and so many more. So, okay, would this have been your dream prom for all of these stars to show up? 
Yeah. Yeah. If I, if I could have taken Meryl Streep or Nicole Kidman or Carrie Washington to my prom, I would have done it. I would have done it. I mean, that would be major. Carrie Washington at a prom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She, I don't know if you've seen any of like the trailer or anything for the film, mm-hmm. but um, Carrie really looks, I forget what she was wearing at that prom, but she looks so beautiful. And it was like, just like the craziest dress that she rolled in. And we were like, whoa. Um, anyway. Yeah. No, it was really, um, to say overwhelming to jump into something like that with all of those people was, uh, yeah, that's a bit of an understatement. It's a lot of, a lot of bold face names. Okay, so we yeah. have to know, though, what was your prom actually like? I went to an all-boys Catholic school, mm. um, and I took the same girl who was, like, my best friend in high school. Her name was Randy Newton, and she went with me both years, junior and senior prom. But the thing about her was she was older. She was, like, already out of high school. So it was, like, a real scandal. <laughs> and <clears throat> this was Nebraska in the 90s, so every all the girls were wearing, like, very sort of traditional prom dresses. And Randy just wore, like, a black cocktail dress. Mm. And everyone was like, who's wow. that woman? <laughs> who's that woman with, with Andy Rannells? Yeah, it was, it was, I, was, uh, I was very popular about that. Oh, my God. So scandalous. Yeah. We love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Netflix has released one song from the film Tonight Belongs to You, which was actually featured in the original Broadway musical. Let's take a listen. This film feels like something we really needed this year, something bright and joyful that families can watch together. Did it feel that way while you were filming? Absolutely. It really did feel, um, I think, the joy from the Broadway musical that I think, you know, was very sort of contagious as you watched it. Um, I think, you know, Ryan did a really spectacular job making sure that that was all maintained throughout this whole filming process. And it was, you know, we just had such a good time doing it and laughed so much while making it. And I, I think I just got to see it. Um, and I think that the um, that joy and sort of excitement that we were all filming, I, th- I think, really comes through. It's really um, uh, it was just a, it was a blast to get to make. Also, we have to mention that Showtime just renewed your show, Black Monday, for a third season. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. So taping set to start next year. Is that going to be your first major post-COVID filming project? I actually got to direct an episode of Modern Love for Amazon just about a month ago. So I had written a couple essays for them, and they asked me to adapt one um, for the series. And then John Carney, um, the executive producer, asked me if I would like to try to direct it, which is pretty crazy. So, um, so I got to do that. So it was a very personal story that um, I got to, you know, I got to share um, again, which was great. Um, but that was my first um, COVID work experience. How was um, that? You know, once we got through all of the, you know, the daily testing and there was a lot of, of sort of new protocol and we had our actors, you know, constantly, well, we all had sort of PPE on, but then like the actors, <laughs> once they went through hair and makeup had to wear these, like basically the, <laughs> like those dog cone things. 
that like you would get for your pet at the vet. Um, so they would have to put those on so that they didn't. Yeah. So there were some, there was definitely, obviously it was new territory for everyone. Um, but once we got into it, the work was the work that we were doing and, um, it didn't feel that weird, but, um, yeah, certainly lining up to get tested every morning was a bit of an adjustment. So first boys in the band and now this press tour is being done almost all remotely. What's that experience been like? It's odd. I mean, it's still all, you know, I think it works. It would certainly, you know, for boys in the band, like it would have been fun to get to like be with all those dummies um, and get to hang out with them. Um, so we, you know, we didn't have that experience. Uh, and, you know, obviously coming back together with this, with this prom cast would have been really fun to do those, you know, some of those things, but that's not in the cards right now. So we're, we're doing more things like this, but you know, I had done James's show remotely, James Corden show. And, um, I had done Seth Meyers and I had done Jimmy Fallon for, for boys in the band. And it does, I mean, it's still, you still get to have, you know, the same fun with those folks, but obviously if I was in a studio with you, it would be a little, a little, more lively, yeah, probably. More fun, but this is fun. <laughs> We're having a good time, I think. Yeah, yeah it's work. working. It's working. Um, all right, so speaking of boys in the band, you know, you took the show from Broadway to the film with the same cast. But question here, would you do the reverse with the prom? Would you be willing to go to Broadway with Meryl? Is that happening? Do you know something I don't know? <laughs> this is called manifesting, Andrew. This is what we're doing. Just we're, putting it Broadway out there. Reopens, gotcha. There will be Meryl Streep and you headlining the prom. The oh incredible. My gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll do it. I'm in. <laughs> Okay, speaking of which, you're a New Yorker. You've been working in the Broadway community since the very start of your career. Shows are set to resume now in June. How are we going to see this community come back? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I know that, you know, just historically speaking, it's an incredibly resilient um, community and obviously a very creative one in terms of finding ways to to keep things going and to and stay relevant and and all of that. But um, I don't know. I've been talking to a lot of my friends about this. I, I, I don't know what the, what the steps are. Um, if we're waiting for a vaccine, if we're waiting for theaters to be remodeled, I mean, if you've been to a Broadway show, um, you are sitting right next to somebody. There's no social distancing and, you know, making sure that the cast is safe and, and all of those things. So I don't know if this if this indication of, you know, working on television is is if that's indication of, of anything, people are very creative and they are um, are finding ways to to come back to work safely being, you know, most important. So hopefully we could figure that out. But it sure does feel like a piece of the city is is missing. Um, like, you know, I was in Midtown a couple of weeks ago for a, an event we did and you know, the, all those, those theaters are just empty and it just, it's so heartbreaking to see it, you know, all that space just not being used, but hopefully, yeah, I guess that's what they're saying. June, 2021. Um, and I, you know, as someone that's been living in New York for a bit now, I love that you just said that it feels like something is missing in New York because we've seen a lot of memes saying that New York is dead. But as you've been experiencing, it's not really that dead. It's pretty lively. And what we saw very much recently is that when Biden and Harris did win, uh, the city was definitely not dead. So what did it feel like for you as a New Yorker seeing people flooding the streets celebrating that big moment for America? Well, I probably, like a lot of other people, try to take a little break from the news. I didn't expect there to be any sort of big announcement on Saturday. Um, I think I was sort of waiting on Friday thinking like, okay, that something will be announced. So I didn't have the news on. And then all of a sudden I just heard people shouting and cheering and pots and pans being banged in my neighborhood. And I was like, oh, 
I bet that's what it is. And like, you know, like so many other times and since I've lived in New York, people just went out onto the street and just like, we're just like walking around high-fiving each other or like, you know, a lot of thumbs up, a lot of cheering. People would just, you know, it's really exciting to have those moments in, in New York because, you know, obviously we're all in such close proximity with each other, but then like to get to share those celebratory moments with people and, you know, some strangers, some not. It's just, it, it just reminds me how much I love being in New York. Um, but it was quite a, quite a scene, quite a scene in Chelsea, <laughs> people on the street. Chelsea, yeah, someone else that lives in Chelsea. Chelsea's a very um, excited place when there's not a Trump in office. So, you know, it was a big, big yes. moment for the ladies yeah. of Chelsea. <laughs> it was a big, big <laughs> moment. Uh, well, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really special to catch up and hear more about the prom. Yeah, it's nice to see you again. Well, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, December, uh, December 11th, we'll get to share it on Netflix. So I can't wait. All right, we have time for one more thing. Zach, have you ever wanted to know what a buff Colonel Sanders would look like? <laughs> yes, of course, 100%. <laughs> well, then I've got good news for you. Because <laughs> if that thought has ever crossed your mind, you're in luck. KFC is teaming up with Lifetime for a mini branded movie called A Recipe for Seduction, which will be released December 13th at noon. What movie ever is released at noon? I don't know. Mario Lopez will star as the colonel himself. I'm looking at the poster and I know no one else can see this poster right now, but Mario Lopez is making me want to eat some chicken. Like, 100%. Yeah. Hey, Zach, for, for our listeners, could you describe this poster in detail? Oh, 100%. So it looks like a vintage updated, um, what's that show about the housewives? Desperate housewives. So it looks like a oh, Desperate yeah, housewives. Uh-huh. It's the same motif, same, I think, color story. Mario Lopez is holding a beautiful woman in his arms who's wearing a red satin dress, I believe. She's looking off into the distance. He's looking straight to camera. His biceps are bulging and he's wearing an updated, very sexy Miami meets Sao Paulo type of white garb. And I'm really into it. And his hair is quaffed, honey. Quaffed. So... That's salt and pepper? Those are two of the seasonings in KFC's chicken. That is the secret recipe. Mario Lopez's (laughs) salt and pepper hair. So I want to take a bite out of it. Out of all of it. The movie, the chicken, all of it. I'm into it. But I've never seen a brand content campaign go this far like they're creating an actual movie to push I know, fried I'm, chicken usually especially like during like the holidays when you're watching commercials and or even when during covid all this stuff where it's this really emotional commercial and you're like oh god which brand is behind this <laughs> for this one for this one i'm okay with it because of how far they've gone <laughs> They're just like leaning into it. And you know, sometimes chicken is so good that I get, you know, sexually interested in it. And now this is really taking it to a next new level. Cause like, he looks good. Delicious. Finger licking good. Anyway, that's it for today. Cause I need to stop talking about chicken. <laughs> Join us tomorrow when we are talking with BuzzFeed News' Nidhi Prakash about her eight month long battle with COVID-19. And remember, asking someone to play golf and asking them to run for governor, uh, not the same thing. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Clock. 
Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. Being a real estate agent isn't about listing houses. It's about connecting to people. I need to find new buyers every day. So I promote my listings using radio commercials from iHeartAdBuilder.com. Now every time I have an open house, it's a full house. A custom radio ad from iHeartAdBuilder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com. We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council.